to the Comedy Sports Podcast, starring your host, Christine Rolo Capriolo, and today's special guest, just another brick in the Berlin Wall, Brian Kazoo-Kapel! Hey, listeners, welcome to another wonderful edition of the Comedy Sports Podcast. I'm Christine Rolo Capriolo, your happy and excited host today because I have a special guest all the way from Germany. Everybody, give a warm welcome to Mr. Brian Capel. Hey, Brian. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. This is so wonderful. My listeners don't know this, but usually when I do phone interviews, I don't get to see the person, but we're on a Zoom call right now and I get to see you and it's so nice to have a face-to-face right now. Nice. Yes, a great great thing to see eyes eye to eye. Yes. Thanks for having me, really. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm super excited to talk to you. I'd like to just start like how I always start and wondering where are you from? Where were you born and raised? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I was born there. I um, went to college in Madison. I went to Madison West High School, which was the same school as a lot of uh, players, uh, original players went to uh, between that. And and then I went to UW-Madison and um, stayed there until I moved out to to start Comedy Sports Washington, D.C. Okay. What did you... So that was my way out. What what did you study when you went to UW Madison? I studied theater. I was an acting specialist, they called it. And uh, at the same time, I was doing a getting another BA in communicative disorders. Communicative so disorders. Yes. That's right. Disorders. So speech therapy, hearing disorders. It led me to a very interesting combo career uh, as well. So, yeah. So I majored in both. Okay. Was always busy, always, always, always in a show, and always uh, studying. I and I, I loved it. I had a great time at UW. Yeah. Well, now you said you before we get to how you left and started uh, comedy sports in DC. How did you hear about comedy sports in the first place in Madison? Ooh, so 1985. So this is a really wonderful, uh, wonderful thing to come into my life. Really. Um, in February of, of 85, um, my father uh, committed suicide. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah. And um, it was it was horrible, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Yeah. So I was really, really having a tough time. And then um, in May of that year, uh, I was part of the UW Theater Department. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Chudnow comes on up from Milwaukee and puts a puts a little sign up on the call board saying, uh, announcing that he wants that someone, uh, he'd like to start this improvisation group Mm -hmm. and, um, and begin. And, um, and so, but we started, that's, that was it. Um, we, we met every week and for eight weeks into June and July. And then at the end of July of that year, then we started performing. Who's we? Who were the first people? We, the first people. That would have been uh, Jeff Kramer, uh, Mike Rock, um, a guy Jay Indick, 
uh, Teresa, I can't remember her last name, Lorraine Barr, uh, David Miller, Rick Wilgrubs, uh, Leslie Hollander. Um, yeah, who else was in that? Uh, Jennifer Rupp, of course. Of course. Um, and, uh, oh, Patrick Walsh. Mm-hmm. And um, these people, I can't remember any others offhand, but I'm sure they'll pop into my, my, my memory. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was it. And we were just, I mean, I just blown away. It was like the most creative fun that I think we'd ever experienced. And we'd been, you know, you can rehearse a show, rehearse a show, but this was something else. And Dick was such a playful, wonderful, fun guy to learn from. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. So then then Milwaukee and Madison started, uh, we would travel from, we'd go down to Milwaukee and Milwaukee would come up to Madison and we'd show each other new games every weekend. And uh, it, it just it just was a blast. And it, it really saved my life because I really needed um, I needed that. I needed a father figure. I'll admit Dick was, um, uh, I'm, I'm a small guy, small Jewish guy. And he was a <laughs> small little wiry Jewish guy. And, um, but he, and, and he just, just made us feel great. And, uh, oh, Andy Wallman, of course. Um, Wiki Wacky Wallman was in that first core as well. <laughs> oh, did you such. know? Did wonderful you, days. Did you know a lot of those people already in school with you in theater or did you meet all these new people? No, no, no. We were all together. We were okay. all, I, I knew everyone. Oh, I knew okay. everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all in the UW uh, theater department mm-hmm. pretty much. Some of us were undergraduate. I was an undergrad and then there were people like Kramer and uh, who was a, who was a graduate student. Okay. And so that's, that was our, 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 uh, our combo. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now, when you were going, you said you would go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee would go to Madison. What mm-hmm. were? Did you feel there were any differences already between the two troops? Mm. They could drink more than we could. <laughs> uh, I probably they still were can. good at that. It was such a great, great camaraderie sure. and 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 competition. Yeah, because. We would we would spend the week kind of making up new game, and then we were just I can't wait to show it to these guys, and they couldn't <laughs> wait to show us a game. And um, we would do remotes together. We were just starting to do you know those kinds of group uh, shows, and we would mix it up. And they were such talented, uh, funny people. Yeah. And uh, we were too. Sure. Uh, we were incredibly funny. <laughs> At least we thought we were funny. <laughs> and and um, but but it was such a brave new world because yeah. we hadn't. Uh, we just cranked out this idea that we went like we were, and that back then it was called theater sports right. with a Z at the end. Yeah. We had, it was always with a Z at the end, and we were compelled to figure out another a way to wind it up and, and make it into this um, hyper competitive um, performance format. Because yeah. theater sports, the way we had first got it, it wasn't quite enough for us. Okay. We were hungry to ramp up the whole compet- competition. Mm-hmm. And 
at least, you know, in, for the audience to give it that audience feel. So we changed the scoring system. We, uh, we created all these new, new kinds of games, head-to-head games, step-out games. And when it came time for us to kind of, I guess this is how Dick, I would, Dick told us this, is like, well, theater sports is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't, we, we're not, we, we, they, they said, we're not really doing a theater sports show anymore and, and we're not. Yeah. So comedy sports, the, the name comedy sports came out of it. Okay. Um, I still have my theater sports Jersey. You do. The original one from, yeah. from 35 years ago. Yeah. I still have it. <laughs> and Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and then when we changed over to comedy sports, then we, we realized we were actually onto something. Yeah. Special because sure. we actually upset the Canadians. <laughs> And we were like, I, I think we got something that, that's really connecting. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned that you guys were making up games. Milwaukee was making up games. Can you remember some of the games you made up? Well, the first games were like the very first round of games were what are you doing? Right. And changing emotions. Uh-huh. Um, I think. I remember because Milwaukee had started it in 84 and they had already come up with a pretty cool little um, uh, set of games. I do remember one incredible, incredible uh, one-upmanship they did. They just <laughs> killed us. So we I can't remember the game we came up with, but we this was at the Pizza Hut. Okay. Uh, place in the back room there and we came up with a great scene game we thought this is it this is oh this is so the greatest scene game i can't even remember what it was anymore because <laughs> milwaukee was just sitting there just with this grin on their face and we were like we just destroyed you yeah what are you gonna do what are you gonna show <laughs> and they came up and did emotional symphony okay the simplest gimmick game ever right and it was so funny, <laughs> so unbelievably funny yeah. that we were just, we, we, they just wasted us right. with the simplest game. I think it was Brian Green. Uh-huh. I think Dick came up. Yeah. Um, as far as other games, you know, when we started to, we started to, we took like freeze tag. I remember when we took freeze tag, for example, great foundational game but we said well let's turn this into a scene game okay and then we came uh, then parallel universe came out of that oh okay you know how do we how do we take um uh, dr know-it-all mm-hmm. and turn it into and, and 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 expand on it you know um how do we take a replay game and change and change a part of it and now we have uh, we have countdown right because of that because okay. so how do we how can we play with an element of a replay of replay sure. but give it a new little twist you know again like replay is a good example like we could oh there was emotional replay oh then there was a style replay right. then there was musical replay right. then you know all of these came out of had, had to come one after the other in terms of uh, finding a, a voice yeah did you yeah. have a favorite game back then um, no, I don't think so. I think we were so gung-ho to play anything. <laughs> I mean, we played such lemons, too. We played we played games that was like, there is no chance a team should play that <laughs> now. 
Like I what? mean, take the hat, taking the hat, like you had to distract everyone who wore a hat and you tried to distract them enough so that you could grab the hat off their head. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we tried. <laughs> We're out there to try things and throw them away because sure. there's something much better that we want to play. <laughs> and it was very immediate. We knew what we, you know, we, you got an audience feedback immediately. Yeah. That's the greatest thing about the forum. Sure. And you knew immediately, does this have legs or are we just trying to beat it up until we should put this one away? Some of them, you know, Spolin, we we took, we took the book, you know, we took Spolin's book, um, Improvisation for the Theater. We, we just rummaged through it every week. We were going through it going, can this be a rule for a performance game? Okay. Can this be a rule? Could that be a rule? Yeah. And that's kind of how we broke through um, with the inventions that we came up with. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. I mean, I wasn't that funny. I don't think I was that <laughs> funny. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that funny. But I was a good technician okay. of, the, of the form. Mm-hmm. I could, I could, I, I always felt that I'm not like Andy Wallman or, um, you know, some people, some players, they're just so funny naturally. <laughs> and, but me, I always could get, I could tell what was needed. We could add a new character. We needed to to swipe and, and change locations. Um, I knew where the store, how to build a story well, because we were all theater people. Mm-hmm. So we had that um, that kind of um, background, that kind of training. So it worked. So you really took to improv then? I totally did. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm still I, I'm still doing it. You know, I, I, that's what I'm doing in Berlin. I still run shows. 35 years later, I can't get these games out of my system. I just can't. <laughs> well, so how long were you in Madison? You started in 85. How long did you stay before you went to Washington, D.C.? I think I moved in 87. At the very end of 1987, I moved. Uh, Patrick Walsh had moved out to Washington, D.C. with his wife and wanted to start a group. Okay. And um, Patrick... And I, we weren't really friends. We weren't really close friends, but we both knew the show and I needed a, I needed a change. <clears throat> and I liked to, I liked the artistic side. I like to train people yeah. in the show and he had a, and he had a good wicked business mind. So I moved out to DC and then in January of 88, we started doing shows in D.C. In fact, I think I, I, I arrived into D.C. and we had our first show that night. Oh, I think wow. that was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. And then um, <laughs> I started, so we started the Comedy Sports D.C. and they're still playing. Um, thank God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was wonderful. And I actually, um, and we trained a lot of great people out of the DC team. Where were you playing there? Like you went from Madison where you had a, where you were at a pizza hut. Did <laughs> yeah, where was, where was DC well, space? In, in DC for quite a while, yeah. we were just going to different bars oh, okay. and that was so nerve wracking and, and, and difficult. Mm-hmm. Then I was living in Ale- old town, Alexandria which is, if you look at if DC as a little, as a diamond, okay. is the lowest tip of the diamond there is, is Alexandria in Old Town, Alexandria. This fabulous, beautiful town. 
And I walked into um, the Terlitsky's Deli. <laughs> it's a Jewish deli yeah. right there on King Street, 1324 King Street. <laughs> and uh, I walked in and I saw they had a back room, a oh. uh, brick, and they had this upstairs bar. Yeah. And so that was in January. And within three months, I had opened the Laughing Lizard Lounge. The Laughing Lizard Lounge. That's that's epic stuff here. And so I opened we opened my a club, my own comedy club. And I had two stages, one for music and one for comedy. And we started uh, shows there. We had, a, you know, we had our own club. Yeah. So we could rehearse there. We could perform there. We could lock the doors at the end of the night and just keep going yeah. there. They were these were wonderful. It wasn't. It didn't last long for me. Um, uh, by ninety end of nineteen ninety, my mom then went terminally ill, oh. and I went. I went back to Madison uh, okay. to take care of her until sure. she died. Okay. So coming back to Madison, playing for Madison again. Actually, I okay. remember playing playing comedy sports again. Uh, while my mom was dying um, and feeling tremendous support from my friends yeah. and how much laughter uh, kept me going. Right. Uh, but it was so, yeah. So there's a, it's always been wrapped up in my, uh, in my life to keep me going. Well, it's a common thread when I talk to anybody who has performed with comedy sports that it's not a job, it's not a hobby, it's really a family and a support system. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, there were uh, we could lean on each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always. It's, it's not like, I and mean, it's still not for me um, that, that these are a lot of my best friends. It's like I really need to call someone and talk to them. No, not really. But I always could show up and leave the cares behind and let's focus our heads and make the people laugh. Sure. And it it always, it always worked. We battle through it. We, we confront it. We confront our monsters with the comedy. It's, Mm -hmm. um, it really helped. Yeah. Still does. Now, is that part of your philosophy? Like you said, you've taught this too, right? You've taught a lot of workshops. Oh my God. I mean, of course, over over how many how many years um, I've trained so many players, of course. Yeah. Uh, the team that I uh, that I run now, um, it's twenty five people. They're from all over the world okay. here in Berlin, and um, and oh my god, all the workshops, all the school, you know, the kids yeah. that can play these games. Yeah, I, 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 a really, really wonderful part of my life uh, after my mom had died was then I started doing theater of the deaf. So I started working with deaf actors because I was after after my mom had died. Da, 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 I just was like I can't do comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to combine my undergraduate degree, my communicative disorders, right. and my theater. Right. And I went into th- deaf theater of the deaf, but within a year. I had started a deaf comedy sports team what? and they were all deaf. Yeah. Wow. And uh, they played the games whew, with such passion and clarity. I mean, you can imagine yeah, that's they're amazing. playing they're, them playing. What are you doing? <laughs> or them playing three things. Right. These are the most beautiful, 
beautiful, <laughs> vivid um, uh, performances. The physicality, the physical life, oh, just right. Just, just so gorgeous. That's so amazing. I, I've taught a lot of people to show up the games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what do you think? Anyone can learn it. Do you think anyone can do improv? Oh yes, I'm totally convinced. Anybody can learn these games if they're willing to look foolish. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be willing to be a clown mm. and and to laugh at yourself. Sure. And uh, that's sometimes why we have difficulties with the Germans, uh, German <laughs> players, because they're not, the German culture, they're not so used to laughing at themselves. Oh. Um, they, 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 they're, they're quite rigid about being fools. But once they get across <laughs> it, across that line, they're, they're, everyone's fine. No, not everybody should get in front of an audience and perform it. Okay. That's, I think, true. I think you need to have a certain, uh, you know, a certain vibe about your performance level in order to get, you know, if, if I'm going to ask, ask myself, okay, is this person who I'm training, are they, can they get in front of an audience and play Yeah, and, and make audiences laugh? That's, that's, that's another level, but everybody can learn the games sure. and play them. Uh, yes. Uh, I totally agree with that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you said you went back to Madison. And how long were you in Madison then? Well, that was 90, 91. Mm -hmm. Not long. Not long, uh, really. My mother's illness was quite, was pretty, pretty uh, short uh, until she died. Okay. Really quick. And, and, and then I had to pack up my life there and... Uh, figure out what was going to happen next so by the fall of 91 i was back i i left again and where'd you go i moved to after there i went to rochester new york there was the national technical institute for the deaf was there kind of university of the deaf okay and uh part of the rochester institute of technology and that's where i i i, I entered the, the deaf institute and um started learning sign language and uh, working in the theater department. Wow. And yeah. And by then, and then a year after that, I got, I started getting hired uh, for theaters of the deaf. Okay. And, um, and I, and I did that for many years, many years. I kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't playing comedy sports for those few years. Not, not with a, not while I worked in, in Cleveland, Ohio. This was a good a good city for the deaf theater for some reason. And it was there and um, in Chester, Connecticut, where they had the National Theater of the Deaf. Um, I got to work with them. I actually wasn't a company member, but I got to work with them a lot. Uh, then there's just a few professional theaters of the deaf. And Cleveland was 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 one of them. My brain keeps going back to these comedy sports shows that you did with deaf performers. And I'm yeah. trying I'm trying to envision this as an audience member. So if I don't speak sign language and I went to see that show. No, you I mean, yeah, we could do some interpreting. We could have interpreters saying what they're signing. Yeah. But Really, these were for deaf audiences. Oh, okay. I got to admit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although, although I did take a group up, a, the deaf team, I did take them up to Montreal yeah. for the Just for Laughs Festival. Okay. Uh, there was an improv wing just starting up of the Just for Laughs Festival, and we blew everyone away. I our, bet. The deaf, deaf improv team. 
um, playing playing the games. Yeah. Now yeah. there has to that be a game. Did you guys create a game that works for deaf performers versus speaking? Like, well, uh, there are certain games that don't work for well, sure, sure. Sure. I mean, you, one one word at a time games. That's not it. Yeah. No. Um, but like ABC tag team, uh-huh. incredible game, but it's the, it's the, it's the, um, but they would be all physical. So okay. they're doing hand shapes of the letters yeah. and turning it into pantomime, oh. um, and, and just telling a story back and forth this way. Yeah. I mean, games like changing emotions were fantastic and, um, uh, countdowns and, uh, uh, replays. We would do um, story. Conducted story was pretty great, but they had to really be looking at you know you have to have a different a different setup. We had to right. do like making entrances and exits. We had to make a per- one particular place be the entrance, okay. the place where all actors would enter and leave. Because we we what we had to do was create a flawless focus flawless focus so we always knew how to throw focus and take focus that was part of the deaf theater of the deaf technique okay so that the deaf audience knows where to look so the turn taking had to be incredibly clear and if you were about to speak or sign speak sure the actor had to uh, you know had to had to take the attention the other actors had to give the focus. So it was a beautiful um, problem to solve. But um, some games mm, <laughs> don't work sure. um, uh, in that with yeah. that language and that culture. But others were incredible. It sounds like they taught you a lot about improv when you were doing this in a different language. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they did. And obviously, I mean, I got into deaf theater because I was always – quite a physical actor. I liked uh-huh. physicalizing things, but in, in, when you, I studied also a lot of Commedia dell'arte and everything is physicalized. Mm-hmm. Every thought is physicalized in, in Commedia, for example. So that's the same in deaf theater, I would say as well. Mm-hmm. If, if the deaf, if the audience didn't see it, it didn't happen. Okay. So if they're looking and the wrong, wrong person and the other person signed something. Right. If they didn't, if the audience didn't see it, it did not happen. Right. They missed it. It didn't happen. Yeah. So this kind of attention to focus, uh, physical focus was was vital. And the stage picture work, because that's the thing about deaf is that they don't, they don't need a whole lot of props. Yeah. Um, They just, made it they describe it there's a visual vernacular they call it the vv visual vernacular and this is um how does a deaf person show the the shape of the head the ears the Uh the whole they would do this whole physical world and um to define their physicality before they and then they would begin this the language uh sign language of it but yes so they taught me an immense amount about physical comedy physicalizing stories that's fascinating yeah 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 really really amazing then how did you find your way to berlin germany starting a comedy sports there 
Well, I was in Los Angeles, okay. uh, living in L.A., uh, teaching at California State University, Long Beach. I went to grad school there, okay. and I was working there, and I met a woman, Patricia, uh, who, just, uh, look, I'm, I'm a small guy. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a big tall man, but in walks... I, I mean, I met this giant woman, <laughs> Patricia, very tall, very beautiful German. And she was a fantastic yoga teacher. Just okay. something about her was groundbreakingly cool about how she taught yoga. So we fell in love. Um, actually, thanks to my comedy sports friends from D.C. Yeah. who ended up moving out to L.A. Okay. I was at a, I was at a party. And uh, that that um, David Schnepp, uh, a player from Milwaukee, originally a Milwaukee player, uh, he moved out to D.C. and played for me in D.C. And uh, so shout out to David and to Brian Howard, uh, another D.C. player. Yeah. Um, well, we had all moved out to L.A. Long story short, <laughs> I see Patricia for a third. We meet third time yeah. uh, by accident at this party. We fall in love. And, uh, and I say, let's, I'm bored with America. First of all, I was really bored with Los Angeles and America. I said, let's move to Berlin. Let's, let's open up a yoga studio in Berlin. So I, we, it took us a little while to, to make it real. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I got a, uh, and then, I, I actually was working for Deaf West at the time okay. uh, on, a, on a show called Big River, which was um, the broad. So, so it turns out that we got to bring Big River, the musical, okay. a theater of the deaf musical. Wow. And we brought it to, we got it to Broadway. Oh my. And it, yeah, this is in 2003. In 2003, we, we, we transferred our, this show from LA to Broadway. And uh, I got to be assistant to the artistic director. Wow. And I got to see this show all the way from auditions yeah. to opening night. Wow. And uh, uh, the next day, we, I, I got, did the red carpet on, on Broadway. And the next day, I flew away to Berlin. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> the next day. Next day. Wow. So that was my last day as an American. I mean, uh, I'm still an American, but... The last days living in America was opening night on Broadway. And I like that story. What year was that? That was 2003 in July, July 23rd, I think. <laughs> to be precise. <laughs> well, opening night on Broadway yeah, is pretty important. For sure. And, so, uh, I can't believe you yeah. had an opening night on Broadway and then you left. You didn't, you didn't want to stay in New York? It's, it was uh, a lot of people ask me about that, but I, you know, I always loved running theaters yeah. and uh, loved running it. But there was something about yoga, especially yoga studio in Berlin. Yeah. I mean, look, this, I mean, I'm, as a Jew, that was like the coolest <laughs> idea ever. It's like, let's go to Berlin and like, I'm not that, I'm not so pompous to think that I can heal the world or heal the city, but, but there was some, there's some mission about that in yeah. that, in that healing this divide, the story, being a part of the, of, of the, of the 
the new way for, for Berlin uh, yoga. And within a year, I started playing uh, improv, doing improv, starting an improv company here. That was in 2005, and I've never stopped. So it's been 15 years in Berlin now of shows. And what's very cool is that because of that, Berlin has become one of the improv capitals of, uh, of Europe. Really? And yes, if for English improv. Uh, I mean, there's German improv as well, and it always, it's been here forever. But we got, I, I, I got to, <laughs> got to um, plant the seed. I, I got to be the, 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 I got to start that. And since then, we've, um, a bunch of my players, uh, my players, the players, yeah. they've, they, they, they uh, developed and on their own and started to work on in long form improv and uh, be very much influenced by the Upright Citizens Brigade and um, IO and the Herald. So there's a huge long form uh, community here now in Berlin. There's my um, the short form stuff that yeah. uh, that me and a couple other groups do. Uh, but because of um, a club that um, couple former players opened um that we have our the comedy cafe berlin a shout out to to them and they're wonderful uh noah um and his brother josh um their efforts to develop um really great great shows as well and they have a training program and so it's berlin's become a real center for english speaking improv now so you don't do um, you don't speak in german you said you do it in english uh, mostly our shows are in English and this, yes, 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 yes. German isn't as playful as English. English is incredibly flexible and, uh, and I'm an English teacher as well. I, of course you have to, every, every <laughs> expat who comes here and speaks English probably teaches English. <laughs> I, so I did. And, uh, and, and as much as I, I respect and love German, um, my German's not that great okay. uh, because I keep coming back to this English right. and, and because you can break it up, you can reorganize it. You can um, switch it around and the meaning always comes out. It, it just does. And yeah. that's where German language doesn't. If you speak poor German, the meaning can fall apart. Okay. But English somehow it's why it's the international language it it breaks through it in meaning if even if even if the syntax is is broken up okay. and uh, so it, that's why we do our most of our shows um, in English there is a German improv here mm -hmm. um, and but that's really not my thing now how is it different I can't even imagine you said people in your troupe are from all over the world how are you all over yeah the world. how is this different than performing in Madison or DC or LA or wherever Well it's true there's a lot of cultural references that a lot of we got to be careful about taking suggestions that are uniquely American that maybe that you know this port the Portuguese players are going I, I really don't know what that is who this person is right. or things like that uh, getting a suggestion and like repeating it to the audience and saying by the way do you know what this do you know what this word means yeah because if a player says I don't know what that word is 
then undoubtedly there's going to be audience members who also don't know. Right. So we do have to take our, take our, we have to be careful that we don't, um, uh, we don't want our audience to feel um, like they're, they're not getting the joke. Right. But because of uh, the very physical form of, of short form improv, even if we're speaking too fast, mm. <laughs> we're getting the physical funny. Okay. Out. But I must say, obviously, there's always been that rule of you don't interrupt the other player. Yeah. But here, especially, we keep that rule alive because if people are talking over each other, there's going to be a good chance that a non-native speaker is not getting, can't, can't keep, can't discern both at once. Sure. Yeah. And so that's, that can cause a lot of mess. So we, we do that a lot. I mean, pun games are really not that useful in this form uh, because we don't want to, um, they don't get the pun. They right. don't get the double meaning. Well, I would bet I would bet you're working with the deaf theater group would really help when you were talking about not talking over each other and talking about focus. You already had such an experience and I'm sure you can teach that in a way that other people could not. Very true. Yeah, we, we there's been I, I must say it's been nice to to get the insights uh, of life and um, turn it into uh, lessons for, uh, how, you know, how do we how do we make this a better show yeah. for uh, different communities? Um, indeed, you know, yeah. there's there's yeah. a bit, you know, improv is very is huge in, in Europe. I mean, there's groups in uh, Madrid and uh, I've got I've got friends in Brussels who play it. Um, Barcelona, um, Russia. There's a lot of um, Copenhagen has a fabulous improv scene um, and a lot of it. Well, this is in English. I mean, I know a Spanish speaking improv company here in Berlin. They do great work, but it's all in Spanish. So, you know, improv is a it's. As you know, as we're noticing, becoming much more accepted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, is not just a comedy format, but um, also as you know, soft skills for businesses and team development and things like this. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been nice to see, but I'll tell you, you know, back in the '80s, when improv was just getting started, and comedy was was becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. that was, you know, we didn't know it was so groundbreaking. We just knew that we were connecting to it. But when I look back at it, I, I do recognize that there, it it became, uh, uh, in terms of an entertainment form, Mm -hmm. um, this was, uh, and accepted as for, for, for comedians. Um, I, I, I see this, I saw this, a lot when in the trainings is, is that I didn't really want to train a lot of actors. Hmm. I, because actor trained actors are always trying to do it right. Okay. Doing it directly. Yeah. I remember some of the f- most fabulous players were the construction workers, <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, um, an interior designer. Uh-huh. Uh, these are just incredibly funny people. Right who are just wonderful and charming and smart, but they're not necessarily theater folk. Right. 
And so, it, but it's a give and take because then you have to teach them about stage picture and, uh-huh. and that kind of craft of storytelling and, and different ways. So which one do you, you know, is part of both, but right. picking both, both styles of um, uh, give and takes, right. but everyone, uh, everyone, the, the energy that, that I get out of teaching is just, just gigantic. I so I so enjoy teaching. Now, how often do you make it back to the United States? Well, I was coming back once a, every summer for the past five years. I'd say I was coming. I have two two children, two boys, and uh, they. I wanted to show them America. Okay. So they've been coming. I, uh, me and with my ex-wife. Uh, oh no, you and Patricia, Patricia didn't stay together. Oh yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, no. Patricia and I had a great wonder. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We opened up three fantastic yoga studios. We're still one of the biggest in Europe. Okay. Um, really, really, Spirit Yoga. A shout out to Patricia and Spirit Yoga. I mean, it's it's another part. That it's a very life defining choice for me. Yeah. Uh, is to bring yoga in my life. Um, but Patricia and I, we didn't survive as a, as a couple, as a romantic couple. But uh-huh. we're we're fine uh, now. We went through a long, long, long battle of yeah. uh, of, 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 bro- of broken hearts, but that's okay. And so I would, I used to go back to America, and Patricia would find her way. Maybe I'd meet her somewhere and meet the kids. We'd all get together. I'd hand off the kids to her. She'd give them back to me uh, for a week here and there. So it worked. It okay. worked. We would have done it uh, this year as well, but this summer obviously is a very different right. um, scenario. Um, but soon, soon we'll be coming back. Okay. So, But I don't get back much. No. Um, my brother and sister are still there. Okay. My brother's still in Madison and my sister is really? in Omaha. Okay. So uh, we just we just spoke right before I talked to you. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, have yeah. lived a fascinating life all over the place with all of your experiences with improv. I can't even imagine, I'm sure you can't either, what your life would have become if you didn't do improv. It's weaved into every aspect of your life. It did. It got, it got really into me. I mean, I, I, you come out of university... And you're thinking to yourself, probably some do, I'm sure they're thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. Um, luckily for me, it's like moved to D.C. and started start a comedy group there. Yeah. I mean, what? What? That was, <laughs> what, what? And I think I was 23, maybe okay. 23. Yeah. Is when I moved there and uh, I had something to do, you know, um, immediately. So. It did. It did. Definitely led the way. Yeah. I had other, you know, other other original comedy sports players. They went all over America to start teams. Patrick Short, right, going uh, to Portland. Yeah. Um, James Bailey going to L.A. Um, there was David Miller who went to Chicago. Um, started it up. I think. I think it changed a little bit. And David Gaudet. Uh, Gadette, however you want to pronounce David's name, <laughs> right. uh, they all took it up there. But we, we were all spreading all over the place like a germ, you know. <laughs> it really, that's how we looked at it. Like, uh, and like we were like the germs of comedy, and we were gonna, we wanted to just bring it to different areas. And then before we knew it, we had our first tournament, right? You know, back in Milwaukee, and those were weird and fun. And we were like back, it's like. <laughs> Right. Oh, we really, and then and then of course then it all started that whole thing of like, 
your city, show me a new game. Right. And then they would show, we would start to cross pollinate and share games with each other that we would yeah. make up. And then the game list really exploded. Yeah. That must yeah. be just amazing though, with you being very close to the very beginning in 85 and, mm-hmm. you know, collaborating with Milwaukee and now look at you, you're in Germany and I'm just fascinated by your experiences. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. you should write a book. Yeah, it'll be a, I'll do an illustrated cartoon or something. There I mean, go. I would, I would, we're, and look, we're still growing and searching and yeah. making sense of, of all that we've been given. Yeah. You're right. I mean, all I mean is the story is so in, still not done. And um, I think recently things have started to really come together again for me um after a long uh, a long re- regenerating but i never stopped doing the show oh great never did i had to drop the comedy sports um uh brand name a couple years ago uh just because we weren't doing a clean show oh, and okay. berlin is not into wearing blue and red uniform they're not into their striped uniforms and oh. Berlin is a much is a much rougher feel of a town huh. and we weren't really we're not really working towards a family show oh, okay. so so um under which under, under agreement we uh, we just decided that we would stop I would stop using calling it comedy sports and now it's comedy shorts Okay, um, but it's it, it, it's basically it's a some some similarity. I mean, I'm still doing short form, sure, but we um, we do it a bit differently here. Okay, um, and and a bit rough and tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a little bit it's raw and it's um, but it still keeps up the high high focus, high energy. Yeah, um, and redefining and and elements of long form are brought into it more because we do really love the long form techniques and um, we're starting, we feed, uh, we're, we're getting fed by a whole bunch of different influences that way. Now, what's but your- Dick wrote the book. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say Dick showed us the way. So I still hold him in highest esteem. What's your favorite game to play? Hmm. <laughs> the games that scare me. Um, I would say are the greatest games because I still like to get, I still like to feel that edge of how the hell are we going to pull this off? Because there's some element of it, like just musical games. Sometimes those are, those are challenges obviously to keep uh, rapping games Mm -hmm. where you're, where you got to do, we don't do that much music here in Berlin and right now because Uh I don't, um, because paying for a keyboard player is very expensive. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but, um, games like, um, really physical games. I still just, just eat up. Um, um, I do love just being put into trouble, you know, like parallel universe where you're suddenly, you know, freeze and now switch the story. You're in a totally different physical, you're back to that narrative who were you what where were you yeah you know and you got to quickly go (laughs) cohesively go because there's nothing worse than just going brain dead moment what am what uh, (laughs) what's the story yeah that's horrible um 
And as you get older, oh, tell me. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there are those moments where you're like, what is this? Yeah. But, um, I, I still, I'm still not the funniest up there, but I still do love, love, um, a great story. Yeah. Uh, crafting a great story. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's still the funnest thing I know. Well, it yeah. sounds like you're very inspired by a challenge. You know, you're saying you like to play the games that are most challenging and how are we going to get this to work? And I think that's fast, fascinating. I mean, not to say that we, I do always do a great job, but I well, want to no, be but... able to, well, then I think it's also, maybe it's partly as also as, as one of the, as the leader of the group, you know, you also want to model that. Yeah. That you have to, that there's a certain, that the bravery yeah. is like in stepping just going, just going to the edge and jumping off because if I don't do it, yeah, they won't do it. But it, it, uh, they, there is a element of um, danger that we, I still want to find. Well, yeah. and it's really yeah. how it seems you've lived your life. You've just gone from city to city and done new things and jumped in, and that's inspiring. That's very awesome. Yeah, well, thanks. It's strange because I wouldn't have left Madison had it not been the fact that my dad uh, died. Right. Um, uh, these, I, I didn't feel totally comfortable um, moving to Germany. You know, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could have done that if my parents were alive. I don't think so. Yeah. Just as a Jewish man, I, I was really, really, it's a big, it was a big question. Yeah. But of course I needed to, to find out for myself. I sure. needed to define it uh, for myself. And yeah, that, that's also improv. That's, that's from the improv, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you live it. <laughs> We're going to play a quick game here before we go. This has been awesome. I've loved meeting you and talking to you. This is fantastic. Oh, nice to meet you too, yeah. dear. Nice to meet you. Um, we're going to play a would you rather game. I'm going to have you pick a number one through 3,000. Okay. All right, go ahead. And I'm going to give you a question then. You're going to have to answer. Uh, 1,888. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> really? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What you... Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Would you rather have pink eyes or purple eyebrows? <laughs> wow. Pink eyes. It's not like pink eye, like the disease. No, I think like instead of like blue eyes, green <laughs> eyes, you'd have pink yeah, eyes yeah. or purple eyebrows. Uh, I definitely go with the eyebrows. Me too. I'd go with the eyebrows. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't want to creep out people with no, pink eyes. I think they creepy. would look at they, they. I would like they'd be like, "What the hell?" But right. purple eyebrows give you expression and let you. It's a statement. Lead, and I, I like that idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they can you? see they can see you coming. You know, you're right. That pink eye thing. They might not notice it at first, and then when they do notice it, oh my god. They get spooked. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm feeling the but purple in Berlin, eyebrows. in <laughs> in Berlin, purple eyebrows are pro are, aren't that weird. Yeah. This is a weird city. The things you see in this city. <laughs> really? So, oh my goodness. Oh man. Oh boy. Give me it's one. It's a great city. Yeah. It really is. But you the the multi the the multiculti we call it, the multicultural uh, this is such a melting pot of cultures and styles yeah. and you can see very, very, very 
um, basic bars that are just people throw wood crates together. And, <laughs> you know, it's even bars where it's pay what you want. You know, oh, you wow. don't even, there's not even a price list. It's like pay what you want wow. wine bars, things like that. You know, people walking around with just the weirdest, wonderful costumes. And <laughs> and it, you just, it, I, I got to say, it's a great city. You're welcome to come. I'll show you around. I would love it, actually. And you can play. You can play my show. Well, you can play the show. Kyle told me he performed in Germany, right? What? D- is that I not don't true? Know. Is that not true? I thought he said that, that he met you in Germany and stayed with you and performed there. Am I making up stories? Here he comes. Oh, Nick. Out of the oh here he comes. Here up. he comes. He's going to clear it up. So it. so here, yeah, clear that up. Yeah, Brian. So I played my second and third ever <gasps> comedy sports Kyle! show. Of course. I totally forgot that. <laughs> it was a few years back, but uh, it was it was a treat. That's for sure. Oh, my God. Of course, Kyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen your face until just right before we got the interview. And that's like, oh, yeah, brother. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you me. want to get, get your butt back to Berlin. We're yeah. Yeah, that would be lovely. And I'll get my butt back in the sound booth, too. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. One other wonderful memory, of course, is when Dick came to town with Nick, his son, Nick. Oh, yes. And um, they they both, they came in and Nick played. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, I saw Nick was the first comedy sports baby. Yeah. And um, uh, bless his soul. And, uh, yeah, and Nick loss. played and Dick took notes. And, yeah. But it was so, I was so proud. Yeah. So unbelievably proud to show Dick um, the Berlin team. Because the only other time I remember him coming, visiting, was when I was in Washington, D.C., and he oh. came to the Laughing Lizard Lounge. Okay. And uh, that was must have been, you know, this was 1990, maybe. And so, um, yeah, it took us that long to for, for them, for, for Dick to come back. I mean, he's such a great man. Yeah. Um, I, 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 we, the world owes a lot uh, to Dick and, and, um, and these first first brave souls that for sure that uh, decided to commit to this thing yeah um yeah 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 so hats off to uh, to all these great cities yeah. that have put up with put up put up shows over the years some of the cities have come and gone sure um but uh and all the fantastic players uh that have you know put their hearts and souls into it these great managers uh, that stay with it because, you know, the money's definitely not the reason we're doing it. Right. Um, but it sure is about the camaraderie and the, and the idea of the, of, of the fun art form that we get to do. And, um, and the contribution, I mean, interactive comedy, it, it's just so great, yeah. it, you know, to think about you're not, you, and, and it's still why I love short form. I, I still love to get the audience involved. Mm-hmm. That was a big, big deal for me was, was always that. And that was really the heart of my, my comedy club in Washington, D.C. was this interactive entertainment form. And I really love that. Uh, I still believe in that, in that, in that interaction. Um, it still makes uh, really, really makes makes the world um, a better place. That Absolutely. Way. Now, real fast before yeah. we go, I forgot to ask you, where did you get the nickname Kazoo? 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, Capel was my last name. Um, Kazoo. Jeez. I think we were all just coming up with something that, you know, the weird. And I love the fact that it's a funny sounding instrument <laughs> and anybody can play it. Yeah. All you got to do is put it to your mouth and you just, you make it, um, you, you can make sounds and, and, it, and it carries and there's not, there's no other sound like it, but you know, it's a kid toy. Uh, <laughs> I think all of those things kind of made it go. That's my, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, if I ever make my way to Germany, my cousin actually lives there. I'm going to have to tell him to go see comedy sports. But if I ever make my way there, we should dye our eyebrows purple together and give me a tour of the town. Looking forward to it. Thank you for your participation and spreading improv around the world. You're truly inspirational. My pleasure. Really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All the best. All the best. All the best. And keep, keep, let's just keep going. Got a, there's a lot more smiles to bring that's for sure especially now thank you sir you're welcome the comedy sports podcast is produced and engineered by kyle hannigan our announcer is pj rockwell feel free to like us on facebook and follow us on instagram comments and inquiries can be sent to the comedy sports podcast at gmail.com created and hosted by me christine rollo capriolo thanks for listening Comedy Sports Podcast is an independent production made by CSC players. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast host and any guests are their own and do not represent the views and opinions of any CSE location or CSE worldwide. Vocabulary used by the host and guests is not necessarily representative of the CSE brand.